Welcome to Closer to Venus. I'm Johnny Burke. Today's guest is Ryan Stacy. He is an active Canadian ufologist and former chief investigator for MUFON Canada. Today, we will be talking about organizations he has developed that support experiencers as well as researchers. Ryan, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you for having me. How does one become a, a paranormal investigator? That's a good question to start off with. I fell into it accidentally. I think it's an interest. And then all of a sudden, the curiosity of is there life after death or is there another dimension or is there anything bigger and stronger than us out there? I had a case as a private investigator to locate a missing person. The thought, according to the client, was that her son was abducted by aliens. So at this time, I was into paranormal, not UFO. So I ended up finding the guy locating him. It turns out that he joined Scientology. In order to find this guy, I had to join all these paranormal groups in order to understand the culture and kind of play in the playground in which he was profiled in. And then somebody else had complained about not receiving any manual after paying $200 for a training course. So they were complaining about fraud here in Canada. So I piped in and said it's an illegal activity. And then I helped them get their money back by contacting MUFON. Uh, and then the guy, Stu Bundy at the time, knew I was an investigator and said, hey, what do you think about UFOs? And I was like, aren't those machines like the governments have? <laughs> uh, and he's like, well, you know, not all of them. So we had a conversation with that. So then I joined just because I was bored and I was waiting between clients. I like puzzles, and this is a puzzle I haven't solved yet. You make a good point about the paranormal and the UFO phenomena. Those are actually two different things. Many people think it's all lumped into one area. The word itself, paranormal, simply means anything that's not normal. If you have an unidentified flying object, you're technically studying things that you can't find. So I, I really don't like that term. I'm trying to use phenomenologist because I'm studying the people in a sociology perspective. But technically, it's paranormal because until it's confirmed that the government has the technology, to us, it should be paranormal because it's not normal based on the science that has been presented. The issue is the academic side because of this metaphysics, this interdimension, this other space and time that's been theorized. They can't measure it. They can't touch it. They can't do much with it. Whereas on the paranormal side, there's that belief that I know that sensation and all that, but that can't be measured. It's a different game. I feel like the ufology community prides in being highly educated and scientific. As a private investigator who just only looks at evidence and facts, uh, I solved that years ago. The thing that I can't seem to wrap around is the idea that some of us have this psychic ability or uh, way of communicating with something either in this space and time or another place, whether that be extraterrestrial or paranormal. So I, I've grouped everything together because I can only prove with my science or I can hypothesize with their science that we are the ones that are able to connect at least with each other until we're able to find or capture or present something otherwise. I'm not convinced that there's a higher, like there's another being out there because we're powerful ourselves. That's kind of where I'm sitting right now. I'm in the middle of doing a study, so that's kind of where it's leading me. But Tell us more about MUFON and why you eventually had to leave for those of you who don't know who MUFON is, it's the Mutual UFO Network. They started up after uh, Project Blue Book had ended. 
The idea was to collect reports allegedly for the CIA after Project Blue Book had closed. But then the ad stopped and then went into this whole Hollywood marketing thing where it encouraged people to join and search for the truth. So a lot of people were interested in doing that. So when I was a field investigator, my first case um, actually being published in the journal, they recognized my skill set and everything like that, and they totally marketed it. It was something I wasn't familiar with because I'm always undercover. I'm always in the shadows. I'm not one to be out in the open. And going from field investigator to chief investigator for Ontario, which is where the province I'm in, and then in Canada, I also had to be a director. So the director was responsible of, of making money or raising money for the non-for-profit organization. So I did that for a little bit and then I, I started to have like a problem with charging with the model. The MUFON's model was pay first and then we'll give you our answers. Even though I was doing quite well and there's other investigators that were doing quite well, there are some investigators within the organization that don't actually know what they're doing and people have to pay for that. There's a lot of disappointment that came with that model. So then when I became the director of training, I was responsible for teaching every field investigator for MUFON for a while. Uh, and then I looked at the MUFON University and the MUFON University was outdated and there was mistakes. So I put together this huge package. Okay, let's rewrite the manual because uh, let's change the universe for science. And it was at that point that I realized that it was all about money because they didn't care that the science was right. They didn't care about remaking the model because I took uh, a lot of resources and a lot of money. So I said, okay, well, I'll pay for it. I can do it. No problem. So I did that. I created this model and then they still wouldn't take it. And then the Tic Tac thing came out at that time. I saw one of the original videos, which wasn't grainy at all, like the ones we see on. It kind of looked like a blimp to me. And I was the only one who was looking into that. So I, I started getting cast out. So I was like, okay, I'm going to step down as director. I'm no longer raising you guys money. I'm just going to do the work. Also at the time, which is actually news now, I can actually talk about this, is there's a gentleman uh, named Christopher Rutowski in Canada who is the big guy on campus in terms of media. And he puts together a survey every year for Canada, compiling Move on Canada data as well as other information there from around the country. But the thing is, I, I analyzed it being inside on MUFON and realized that it was wrong, it was changed, it was inaccurate. When I said something about it, it turns out that Chris uh, was friends with MUFON, so they forced me out. And at that point, they wiped out everything. They deleted my email, and they deleted all my cases. So I had over 1,500 cases that I had investigated for MUFON at that time. And just recently, I passed my leads off to a journalist, and a journalist had uh, done some further digging and got some bulletproof confirmation. We were able to prove that the Canadian government has been fielding UFO reports to this man on the pretext that he was supposed to make them public, but then we found out that he hasn't, and he's been hoarding them um, and withholding information as a media consultant for a university. So he's currently quiet right now while he prepares a statement to explain himself, but this is why I like the ufology thing for me. But the thing is the experiencer, which is why I created the Experiencer Support Association for the people that don't know this and they don't need to hear this or they have a feeling, but they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to get into it because they're experiencing something and that's what needs to be dealt with. So when we talk about disclosure, it seems like there's been an awful lot of chatter over the past year. So far, the said disclosure is pretty underwhelming. 
What you just told me about MUFON can explain an awful lot of confusion. The Experience for Support Association, I believe, is TESA. Tell us a little bit about that, how that helps experiencers and researchers as well. The Experiencer Support Association is essentially the business model that I had created for Move to fix everything that I observed while working for them as an investigator. That was also offered to them on a joint venture agreement. The philosophy behind the Experiencer Support Association is putting the experiencer first. There's no, I think it's a UFO or it's not a UFO, let's get rid of it, because that was another issue with MUFON. If anything paranormal came in, they would just delete it and the experiencers didn't know about it. And here they are reporting, thinking that they're going to get help, and then they don't get a response. One of my jobs was to delete it, and I never did. So that was also a problem. But now, when we believe the experiencer in that aspect, my role as the director of investigations here to determine whether what you think you experienced is actually what you experienced. What we've generated is this this ultra-spectrum classification system, which is an upgraded model of the Hynek and Valet classification system to include paranormal and psychogenic activity, but it groups them in a basic level uh, so that we, it kind of dumbs it down for the ufology community, <laughs> whereas the paranormal community are like, they're, they're brilliant. They understand metaphysics, they get it, but because we can't measure it physically. Also, we have what's called Experiencers Anonymous, which is a portal where if people aren't sure what element of TESA is good for you, you can just go to our website, tessacan.org slash EA and just register. You go in, you talk about your experience or you listen to other people's experiences and you try to figure out what you have in common and what experiences are common. At that point, you might get encouraged to make a report that's beneficial for me because the trauma is removed, the, the speculation is removed. So then if you decide to report after that, the implication is that all that fluff has been removed. And then once the report comes in, we have a private team of referrals for like regression, flow tanks, or Reiki, any of the healing aspects, the pseudosciences. What we want to do is we want to treat the trauma if if there's anything there. I'll bring that down and then measure again. This is where the PI part comes in. You've got to look into past history. You got to look into mental health and make sure there's no past traumas. But once that process is done, I compile that all into data and then do surveys and things like that every year for the science. And when we present it to the experiencer, it's a one-on-one case. It's 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 encouraging. Like you may have been affected, you may have been visited, you perceive it to be negative because you don't understand, but we can't prove intent. So there's possibility it was there for good things. Let's think positive about it. The next time it happens, try to get more information. We try to encourage them to engage the phenomenon. At the same time, report back to us, and then we have a timeline. So where MUFON was investigating only UFO cases and specifically evidence, what we're doing with the team is we're measuring everybody's experiences throughout their life. We get aliens, we get UFO, we get paranormal, we get psychic abilities. But when we timeline it, I'm seeing a pattern that it starts with contact of some sort of visitation. Then as the subject evolves, we start to see paranormal, we start to see psychic abilities, we start to see a little visitation here, and then the psychic abilities enhance, whether that's secret government PSYOP program, MKUltra, or aliens, or ghost, or interdimensional, something is visiting with direct contact. 
And then all of a sudden they're experiencing a life of paranormal, but they think because of mainstream media that it's ghosts and it's aliens because of TV. And then the other thing we're trying to gear them towards, what if, what if it's just you? What if the, these objects have just moved because you have uh, an intense psychic ability? You think it's a ghost, but it's not. It's you. There's no way to prove whether we're communicating with ourselves or something extraterrestrial, but it's still paranormal because it's not normal. So I'm supporting... The idea that we are super beings, and that comes from my ancient alien research in the sense that it started that way and it should end that way. That's the way it was. It sounds like the support association, the biggest difference between that and MUFON, other than it's not necessarily money motivated, is that it fully embraces the metaphysical side of things, the quantum realm and so forth. And we still do the UFO stuff. I'm fighting with disclosure here in Canada. The Pentagon in U.S., now that they have an official desk, at least for UFO starting in 2022, my job becomes harder because now I have to convince the public whether or not what you think you experienced is one of the things that they think that they have. So now we're competing against a cover-up. We let everybody come to us whatever way they want. With our classification system, we break it down. There's evidence to suggest that they may be seeing it in their mind. And that's why no one else witnesses it, or their mind allows them to see alternative realities or alternative uh, dimensions. If we allow them to draw UFOs, people from different areas within Canada and some in the States starting to get some people from UK catching on to what we're doing as well, they're drawing the same things. They're starting to see this reality that doesn't exist and how you take a picture of that. It came from their mind and it wasn't a photo. They don't accept it. What type of people are most likely susceptible to this kind of phenomena? It seems like people that are highly intuitive, they could be clairaudient, they could be clairvoyant, clairsentient, and so on. I think there's a pretty strong correlation with the intuitive gifts, the intuitive abilities, and the reports. I, I agree. And the science that we're doing is starting to show that. I'm in the middle of creating my second report for 2021. I do two reports. One's the Canadian Current Event Survey, which I track drone reports, aviation reports from Canada that get reported by aviation pilots. Sometimes they say drone. Sometimes they say UAV. Sometimes they use the word UFO. What I do is I keep track of the current ones. I do freedom of information requests. I try to get more information to do an investigation to figure out what's going on because there's that conspiracy theory that they're calling these UFOs drones, but in Canada, they just call them UFOs. The second one that I'm working on, the meat and, uh, meat and potatoes of my research is the Ultra Spectrum Paranormal Report. Heineck and Valet are pioneers of this classification system. That's what MUFON adopted because Heineck and Valet stopped using it themselves because they realized it wasn't adequate enough to measure the extraterrestrial hypothesis or the interdimensional ITH. So it's been programmed that this has been the best system to be used, but it's been broken for, for so long. Now, so part of the questions that are asked, blood type, age at the time of the event, I've established all these markers that should uh, not change, no matter what religion, ethnicity you have, wherever you are in the world, those constants. I think the study is showing right now that or the A blood type is the highest from, from our sample, which is odd because there's that theory that the negative blood, the RH negative blood is God blood. Also, there's that theory that it's, oh, the universal blood type that can help everything. 
but I'm seeing A, and I'm also seeing uh, a variance of blue and and green eye color. So green is rare. Blue gets traced all the way back to Sumerian. So there's a lot of genetics that I'm I'm learning through these people with confirmed experiences. Part of the investigative process that's different from MUFON is I'm not investigating the case. What I'm doing is I'm teaching the experiencer how to get me better information. So many people have the answers and nobody's working together, which is another reason why I've created the association. People that see me as a threat are the people that are doing it for money because they're all friends of MUFON. So I have to make new friends, which uh, is really hard to do. I couldn't help but notice when we talk about the association, there seems to be similarities with IANS, with the International Association for Near-Death Studies, which collects data from experiencers with the support association. Once the information is reported, what do you do with it then? Internally? Not internally. What do you do to really get it out? to the consumers, the public. The plan with the ultraspectrum paranormal report that's going to be the raw data with, with the information that we've collected, that'll be an annual report. I also want to show the work that goes into how I came to that conclusion. Uh, the UFO report is I show the raw data, which is what every investigator needs. They'll take it and they'll formulate their own conclusions or speculate on the data because they're all looking for something. And the goal is to teach the experiencers how to think so that way when they do report, I'm not spending as much time on lens flares, on light refractions, on, on all these things that a lot of people don't understand. The other part of the support is for researchers and investigators too. And, and, but it, 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 Tessa also has a, uh, what's called Project Babel, which comes from the Tower of Babel philosophy, where we all used to be together and we were separated. Everyone talks about unity. Everyone talks about working together. And then the people that work together are the people that are making money together. So with Babel, what it allows you to do, uh, you go to tessacan.org slash Project Babel. It allows you to report your own work after your case has been closed, gives me the opportunity to work with you one-on-one to make sure that you didn't miss anything. At the same time, if you found something that I'm looking for, it gives me the opportunity to offer you a position on my team. What I'm not finding is other investigators sharing their work to the collective cause as well. That's why I created this system along with uh, Tim Morrison. He helped me figure out how to apply the paranormal aspect, the demonology aspect, the levels of possession and whatnot. So what we're showing is super data. So everyone's doing the work, but if we all compile it to this association, we'll have more evidence, we'll have more data. And then my role in this as a private investigator who handles evidence for a reason is just to make sure that it's the best evidence being presented and to make sure that we're linking circumstantial evidence to direct evidence. So I rule out all that stuff and we only present the unknowns. And just because we don't know what it is, doesn't mean that it's aliens or UFOs. It just means we don't know what it is. And the hope is that someone will, hey, I read your book or I saw your ultra spectrum and I think I know what this is. Great. Would you like to be on this team? So I'm also creating that element where people can work together, but nobody wants to. And I don't know if that's a marketing thing. The scientific community, you would think would actually contribute and support something like this. But it seems to me that their mindset, their philosophies tend to get in the way similar to what the church and state did centuries ago when they repressed certain movements which did not fit their agenda. 
What is the Interstellar, the Academy of UFOlogy and Paranormal Studies? So that is our plan to basically teach everyone uh, how to investigate anything. What I'm going to do is I'm going to start with a basic private investigating, detective, policing, handling evidence course. Then that should branch off into a master class. I would teach a ufology course in Canada. I'm, I'm also looking for experts to sell a service to teach people about the phenomenon so that everybody can understand a little bit of all of these phenomenons separately. And then my role, when I start with how do you handle evidence, at the end of that course, I show everyone how to bring it all together and how it's all connected. If I train new people the new way and then say, here's Project Babel, when you find a case, when you talk to people, you're now an agent of TESA, use this reporting system, submit your work. This is going to rebuild ufology and paranormal study. I think what you're trying to do is a very good thing. There's definitely similarities to what IANS does for people that have near-death experiences. You have some barriers, but I think you're trying to work through it. We do need the scientific community. They're just not the people you should start with. You need to start, like a crime scene starts with a police investigator. And you call in the forensic unit when you find forensic evidence that needs to be collected. As civilians, we call the police when we need to, but we don't need to call them right away. There's a place for science, just not yet, if we don't have the evidence to do that. But the scientific community doesn't know how to get to the analysis. The samples are already provided to them, and then they do their work. So that's why they can't get anywhere, because no one's collected the data for them to analyze. So there is a need for them, just just not now. Ryan, thanks so much for joining us today. How can our listeners find out more about you as well as Tessa? I'm on uh, Facebook, so facebook.com slash heed the world. If you go to the website, Tessa can, www.tessacan, so T-E-S-A-C-A-N.org. You've been listening to Closer to Venus. I'm Johnny Burke. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing. You can also leave us a review on iTunes as well. For more information, please visit www.closertovenus.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.